0: It's time for the Smart Money Questions podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions podcast. Hello, everyone again. Matt Hausman. Welcome Smart Money Questions podcast. Hope everyone out there is doing great. As we are up here in the northeast, we are still dealing with winter. I know the last time I recorded was on Groundhog's Day, and the good old groundhog informed us that we're going to have six more weeks of winter, and let me tell you, we're having it. Um, Once again, as I'm recording, we're looking to get another five to eight here in, uh, in just a couple of days. And also, since that last recording, how about that Super Bowl? I mean... You know, I, I haven't been the biggest Tom Brady fan over the course of the last 20 years. I mean, you can't, you can't go without saying, obviously, he is a great player. But after, you know, no one really thought that they, and I don't know what the point spread was, that they were going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and that mighty offense and, and quarterback that they have. But how they came out, think about this, the first time ever the home team that was hosting the Super Bowl got to play in that Super Bowl which is uh, phenomenal in and of itself. And you consider the fact that they won three home games to get there. They had lost multiple games in a row back in November, and then all of a sudden they went on, I think it ended up being an eight-game winning streak. So congrats to to them. I know I got a lot of buddies back in Florida that are are happy campers right now. But okay, enough about football. Let's jump into today. I got a couple things I want to go over. And you know, I like to take the questions and scenarios that uh, come about in our office and conversations we have with people, and be able to use this forum to hopefully help you understand. You know, just like the podcast says, "Smart Money Questions." Many times we think that we are looking for an answer on to just one question, but really we want to dive into. There's usually multiple questions that we need to be asking and getting answers for, or two, to make sure that the eventual decision that we make is really what we're, what we're wanting um, and what's going to be best for what we're looking to accomplish. So before we jump into today's show, let's make sure that we deal with the disclaimers. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now. If you don't have an advisor, or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com, And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have... A second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmatt.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, let's jump into this. Um, the first question comes from Eli right here in PA. And his question is, which is a better real estate investment strategy? Pay off my primary home sooner or save up for a rental property. With interest rates currently so low, I'm tempted to keep paying the regular mortgage payments instead of trying to pay off the house sooner. That way I could start saving for a down payment to buy another home in five to 10 years and then later use my current home as a rental property. What do you think of that strategy? Well, first of all, let's talk about the current mortgage interest rate environment. The reality is rates are, I mean, it's almost like they're giving you free money. And so when you think about having a mortgage and looking to refi, if you haven't yet, one of the things we want to think about with the current interest rate environment is just because rates are so low does not necessarily mean we should automatically feel the need to go and refi. And I'll use myself as an example. Maggie and I were looking back in the summer when rates were, you know, rates were ridiculously low, like point two point five percent. Didn't even have to pay points. But I went in and I did the math, and I think I've shared this before. The closing costs were going to be close to eight thousand dollars to get this deal done. Versus I had already budgeted in what our monthly mortgage number would be. We had actually refi,ed pulled a bunch of money out, and did some remodeling at the house about three years ago, and I looked at what our payment was and our interest rate at that time, which isn't bad. I mean, it's not two and a half, but we were able to to pull cash out and at our mortgage payment budget, we are still going to be able to have the house paid off in about the same time as what our scheduled payoff was three years ago. So when I did the math again today or back in uh, July, based on those new interest rates and adding in that close to $8,000 in closing costs, I realized this isn't getting me any further ahead on my mortgage payoff date. So we didn't do it. And I was talking with a client just a couple weeks ago who in a conversation that we had over the phone happened to mention, Hey, yeah, I'm looking to refi. This is what the rate is. I was like, wow. And I said, what are the closing costs going to be on that? And she goes, Oh, I think it's only going to be like $650. And I was like, wow. But before you jump on that, let's make sure that that really is what it is. So send me over the disclosures and the estimates that they have provided for you. And she, by the way, she was going to be refining with her current lender. So it's not like you know the lender didn't even have to work for the business. She was just communicating with them to look to get a refi, get a better rate. And she was going to drop her rate about a point and a half. But when we went through the closing costs, And I highlight it back out. Let me show you what's happening. It is not $600. And this is what they are going to be looking to charge. And a couple of these fees are outrageous. A couple of them you just can't get out of the way of. It's going to happen. But why don't we look and let's ask for this, this, and this. We we don't want to pay any points. What's going to be the interest rate if we don't pay points? Can we transfer our current escrow account to the new escrow account so I don't have to come out of pocket there and add it to the fund? Do I have to pay that processing fee? Yes or no? And what she ended up finding out is, yeah, they were able to um, move over the escrow. So, that, I mean, that was going to save like five grand, you know. They took, the, they took the points off. It didn't make any sense for her to pay one and a half points only to lower the rate a quarter point, right? So, those are the things that we want to be thinking about. But I also went through the exercise with her, hey, listen, what's your budget? What if we just take your current rate or take your current amount that you owe – and if we add these extra payments instead of doing the closing cost thing, you know, can you get where you want to be when you want this thing paid off? In this case, it, it did make sense. She's moving forward, but at least we were able to ask those questions. First of all, get those fees reduced. And now it makes a lot of sense to do it. But I, I really caution you in the interest rate environment. And Eli, don't worry. We're going to go back to your question. Is in the interest rate environment we, ha- we have currently with our primary homes, it's not a necessity just to go out and refi, especially if you're really far along into the loan. I mean, if you've only got six to eight, nine years left on the loan, let me tell you something. You're not getting a tax advantage right now anyway, because you know, no matter what your interest rate is, you're hardly paying any interest left. So your mortgage interest statement at the end of the year is hardly anything. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense to incur, because usually when we are refining, what is the bank doing? They don't want you to come out of pocket any money. So they're just going to add it. They're going to add it on top of your current principal balance. So again, just because it's a low interest rate environment does not mean we need to automatically go out and refi. And again, clients or anyone out there that's listening, you know, for disclosure purposes and compliance purposes, I'm not licensed as a mortgage broker or banker. I don't originate loans, but I know enough to go through and look at those disclosures. I've, I've, as many of you know, I've been in the real estate market for over 25 years on all sides of the table. And there are certain things that we know that we can go in and ask for to make sure you're getting the best deal that you can get. So, okay, let's talk about, Eli, your strategy. Do I pay off the house sooner or do I save up for potentially buying a real estate property later? And one of the things I would tell you to think about, there, there is a lot of Information out there where it doesn't make a lot of sense to pay off your house early unless we want to unload that cash flow obligation. If I can fit the cash flow into my overall budget, then I would probably tell you, yeah, I don't know that I would look to pay it off. And again, I'll use myself as as an example. I have a budgeted amount on how much we're paying for the mortgage, and that's what we pay every single month. And are we putting extra money on principal? Yes, but it's the same amount I was paying. Three years ago, it's the same amount that I was paying uh, fifteen years ago when I bought the property. So I haven't changed that. And if the house gets paid off quicker, great. Now the reality is, right now, cash flow can support that budgeted amount. If you are in a situation where it can't, or you want to unload that, then looking to pay it off early in even this interest rate environment can make a lot of sense. Because the reality is that there is still a payment there, right now. It is it is very cheap money. So the other thing you can look at now, let's talk about, I'm not going to pay it off early because I'm wanting to get into the real estate business, whether that is flipping homes or getting rentals. Sounds like you want to get into the rental game. What you want to realize in doing that, I would probably advise, yes, if you're looking at five to 10 years before you're going to go down that path, one of the things to consider is while you're saving up for that next down payment, which by the way, when you go into investment real estate, the terms are going to be different on what the interest rate is, what the uh, long-term is. In other words, is it a 15, a, a 25, a 30, what have you, year um, mortgage, and most importantly, what the down payment is. And so as you're saving up for that, I would probably suggest as well, how about you also invest in more traditional investments, maybe start a non-qualified brokerage investment account or contribute more to your 401k. If you have a Roth 401k option, that's something you should be looking at as well. Or maybe just a traditional Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, but you're investing in those. If you're investing in a traditional brokerage account and you're, you know, that becomes liquid money to you and that could be used as part of your down payment. You could liquidate at some future time when you're ready to jump into that. Real estate investing. That being said, you got five to 10 years. If you're just now thinking about this, the one thing to realize, and I don't know why this has been coming up a lot, maybe because interest rates are so low, but it's almost like real estate has become this hot new topic because of how cheap the money is. But let me inform you on something. And again, to go back over, we have numerous clients that are in the real estate game, whether it's buying rentals and holding, whether it's flipping, and you want to realize that when you're going into this, whether you're flipping or, um, or using rentals, is that it can be capital intensive. You know, if you're looking, and I'll use myself as an example, I flipped homes back in the uh, early 2000s. And, you know, you could go in and we, could, we would buy foreclosed properties. We might buy a property that, let's say we're buying it from the bank and we're, we did a lot of two-family homes up in upstate New York. And so we were going to buy a property off the bank. And let, let's say it was $45,000. We were able to see it before. We could get an appraisal of after work has been done. Let's say all of a sudden now it's going to go for $125,000. And based on as we walk through the property and the improvements we were going to need to do, we were going to dump another thirty into it. So you can see that just having money for the down payment is, if you're going to get into that business, you're going to need more than just that to be able to get into it. If you're going to go the direction we're going to go. Maybe you're going to go into those, uh, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that are, you know, they do it all for you, soup to nuts. And they're going to go scope the property out, kind of like what we used to do. Then they're going to, they're going to do all the rehab work. You're going to buy a finished product. Sometimes they'll even go ahead and, you know, they're going to have a renter ready for you when you look to close. But you're going to pay for that. And if something goes wrong with the property later, you're going to be responsible for it. So if you're going to jump into the real estate game, it's not that I am saying don't do it. I'm saying go into it with eyes completely wide open and realize it's not just the down payment. Like for many of our clients that have real estate, you know, we hold an emergency fund off to the side just for the rentals, not for their personal life, just for their rental properties in the event. They need something. Now, all that being said, I will tell you that the interest rate environment, even for even for rentals, is extremely good. I had a client in the other day, they own multiple properties, and they were able to refi their rental real estate at three and a half, which is I'm sorry, no, it's three and a quarter, which is phenomenal. You know, so the reality is you can get it done, but you want to make sure you're walking into it with eyes wide open because, you know, it can be capital intensive. You want to be aware of that. You want to make sure if you're going to get into the re- rental business that your positive cash flow, which the current interest rate environment can offer that. But I would probably suggest not just putting money into a savings account for your future down payment. I would probably look at you know, also putting money into these other traditional investments. You know, Again, if we look at a, an after-tax, non-qualified brokerage type of account and you're just you're putting money into there every month. That money's liquid to you. You can pull it out at a later time. There might be some capital gain tax that you have to pay there, but that can get you where you're wanting to go. And during this time period, make sure you are educating yourself to um, to what you're getting what you're getting into. So, Eli, again, if you have any questions, reach out to us 610-719-3003 or simply go to speakwithmat.com. That's www dot speak with matt.com schedule a time 15 30 minute conference call and i'll be more than happy to um to go through that that with you also if you're if you're considering doing a refi and you have questions about it or you just want to make sure you're getting a good deal just like our client the other day make sure you reach out to us Um, more than happy to discuss that with you okay then the next one comes i can't believe i haven't addressed this earlier Considering uh, just this morning, my daughter and I, my youngest, uh, we were sitting there talking before we both left for work. And it's hard to believe in a month, it's going to be a year since, quote, we've been in the COVID lockdown protocol. And this question that, again, I can't believe that this hasn't come up, but it comes from Justin in New York. And it says, I'm planning to retire within two years. A close family member of mine is out of work due to the pandemic. And they need some help to pay off credit card bills that have piled up after they have burned through their emergency savings. What's the best way to tap into my savings so I can help them out? Well, first of all, Justin, that's awesome that you have the ability to do that. And we're obviously hoping that they can get back on their feet as quick as possible. But, you know, when we think about the idea of um, whether it's our current situation that we're in because of losing a job, uh, due to you know, COVID right now. And we're looking at the assets that we have and what should we be looking to use? And in this case, Justin, you're looking to help them out. Is The first thing I would tell you to do is to look at your assets. And I talk about this all the time. Make sure you are looking at the tax classification, what bucket they sit on. So just to go back over real quick, what do I mean? Traditional 401k, traditional IRA, traditional 403B, 457, what have you, any type of qualified pre-tax retirement account. You want to look at that bucket. Next, you want to look at your after-tax, traditional savings, brokerage accounts, checking accounts, what have you. And then you want to look at, do I actually have some tax-free money, traditional Roth IRA, Roth 401K, Roth 403B, what have you. Once you look at where your assets are based on that tax classification. And and first of all, why is that so important? Well, the first thing you want to realize is if most of your assets are in your 401k, traditional 401k, traditional IRA, then if that's where you're going to be taking the money to help them, you are incurring a tax bill. If you're under 59 and a half, you want to realize the last COVID bill that was passed, it may, you know, last year, 2020, they allowed you to pull out, a a hundred grand out of your 401k and not pay a penalty, the normal penalty pre 59 and a half. That has changed moving forward into 2021, at least currently. And now you have to be in a major disaster area that isn't only COVID related. So you're going to want to make sure you look at where, you know, most of your assets are there and you're under 59 and a half wanting to help them. I'm assuming you're over that if you're within a couple years of retirement. Most people are going to consider you know, 65, 66 as retirement. But if you're able to retire early, then you really want to be aware of that, right? But even if you're not going to incur the 10% penalty, you're going to incur a tax cost if you take out a big bulk of money that's in those qualified retirement accounts before you give it to them. You, know, you can't pass that, that tax obligation on to them. I mean, I guess you can if, you know, we'll talk about the idea of paying back in a minute, but it's real important to understand that. Now, if a lot of your money you have in a Roth 401k or traditional Roth IRA, you know, that money's, there's not going to be any tax bill that's on that. And in a traditional after-tax brokerage account, non-qualified brokerage account, you want to be aware there could be some capital gains tax that you're going to owe should you liquidate those funds to help this person out. So again, the first thing I would tell you to look at, and I would say this regardless uh, you know, if, if someone isn't even looking to pay it back, but it's just important for you to understand where your money is and how the IRS is going to view it and tax you based on you wanting to now use your own money. Okay. The first place I would tell you to look at is a traditional savings account. After tax savings account, depending on how much you have there, you know, look, you know, you can yank that money out. It's liquid. It's not going to have a tax consequence. You know, after that non-qualified investments, just be aware of the capital gains, potential capital gains, short and long-term, and what that would look at. The last place I would tell you to look at withdrawing from is your retirement accounts, your 401ks, your Roth 401ks, IRA, Roth IRA. Any type of retirement account that you have set aside money at, I would look at that being the last place that you take it from, especially on the traditional side because of the taxes you're going to incur to pull that money out. The last thing I would ask you is how much are we talking about? Are we talking five, $10,000? Are we talking more? The other thing is, are you looking to have them pay you back? And if that is the case, what, you know, what's the terms? And then I would rerun numbers to see if you are looking to retire in two years, and you know if we're talking about and you know, significance is relative to everyone, but if, if you're looking at a significant amount of money that you're going to give them, you want to really look at, hey, is, it gonna, is this going to potentially alter my strategy or my intention on retiring in two years? And the way you do that, I would tell you to rerun your, your distribution income numbers in two ways. One way, as if you don't get paid back. Well, let's assume that you know, you're just going to give it. That's it. No questions asked. If you pay me back, great. Otherwise, don't worry about it. So run it that way. I'm not getting my money back. Second of all, run it. Maybe you've discussed terms on a payback and you discuss that with them. And then you rerun your numbers based on whatever those terms are and those monies coming Back in. Again, keep in mind, if you're taking money out of those traditional retirement accounts, it's not like you can put that money back in. So you want to be aware or you can't put that significant amount back in. So those are the things that I would be telling you to look at. And, you know, I think if you go through that exercise is it'll help you and them, you know, feel confident that hopefully this does not destroy or goal of retiring In two years. And again, first of all, it's awesome that you have the ability to do it. And you obviously, by this question, you want to do it. That's even better. So um, if there's anything that we can help you with in going through that, please reach out to us. Again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com. More than happy to go through that with you and be able to help you and your family member that is in this situation. So listen, everyone, That's what I have for this week. I hope this has been valuable. And you know what I always say, if there's anything that you want us to address or you have a question, feel free to do that. You can go to smartmoneyquestions.com. There's a place right there. Ask Matt a question. You can email us, info at smartmoneyquestions.com. If you would prefer this to be more private, please reach out to us at speakwithmatt.com and we can... You can look at my calendar right there. You can schedule a time for us to get on a phone call for uh, 15 or 30 minutes. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for the day. Hopefully, again, it's been helpful and valuable, and we will talk to you soon. Everybody take care.